ASI Season 4, Episode 4, The Impact of Relapse. We live on the cusp of death, thinking that it won't be us. It won't be us. It won't be us. It won't be us. Nah, it won't be us. I hate cancer. Do you have that attitude? Sexual addiction is like cancer leads to death over time, death of relationships, death of marriages, death of trust. It can dissolve a home into a broken home with divorce, and it can even war on our own bodies. Three ministries whose heart it is to see healthy, flourishing life grow in the place where there once was the death and decay of sexual compulsive behavior. The truth about slippage, the trifecta of sexual addiction ministries today. Stephen Q in beltoftruth.com, Craig Gross of triplexchurch.com, and myself providing the ASI podcast as a place to discuss from the worldview of those of us who are theists who believe that we don't walk alone in this world, that we are walking with our creator and the lover of our souls, rather than a purely psychological wires-in-a-box perspective. Um, I'm going to be handing off the reins of the show today to my friend Stephen Kewen, the author of Ten Lies Men Believe About Porn, who is bravely opening up a space to talk about what it looks like to walk in the light and to bust out of strongholds. As always, the bumper music on the ASI podcast can be downloaded at ASI247.org. Click on the music tab and all the bumper promo music can be purchased in their entirety right there on the website. The conversation will be right here on the other side of this Macklemore bumper other side. It's a little bit more than the music. I think it's going to start affecting the, the personal lives of a lot of artists and people. People. Uh, hey guys, Steve here with Belt of Truth Ministries, and uh, I'm on I'm on the line with Craig Gross from Triple X Church. You guys are probably all familiar with his ministry and the work that they've been doing for. Uh, how long has it been now, Craig? Like ten years or something. 14, getting old. 14, man. Yeah, I remember uh, coming across you guys back when I was in college, and uh, I think that was the the early days of Triple X Church. And uh, yeah, you guys, uh, you guys are the granddaddies in the uh, in the online uh, porn addiction recovery industry, I guess. So uh, yeah, speaking of Triple X Church, um, as a lot of you listeners know, I've been writing with Triple X Church for. Uh, about uh, every other month or so for for a couple months now, and uh, a while back there was a um, there was an article that Craig wrote, and it uh, it got picked up by Christianity Today and got some pretty big traction, and uh, the article was called "Are We Free to Screw Up?" And just to make sure everybody's kind of uh, on the same page with the article, I'm going to read it real quick. It's it's super quick, um, so let me just go ahead and read that to you guys. It says, uh, my friend Stephen wrote a post on Monday about slip-ups or relapse, and my other friend Seth followed it up on Wednesday with a different take on things. Now I guess it's my turn. 
I appreciate all that has been said and want you to know that this has been a huge conversation around XXX Church recently, especially when it comes to our X3 groups. We have a diverse group of people working and writing here at XXX Church, and sometimes we don't see eye to eye on everything, and that's okay. That is how I think we will continue to grow. We have long had a policy where X3 group leaders needed to be sober for a minimum of one year before they could take over a group. We recently interviewed someone to become a leader, and though all his references came back sparkling, and I personally vouch for this guy, in his honest interview, he told us he'd looked at porn four months earlier. I wanted this guy, but the person in charge of the X3 groups kept citing that rule to me. We have the rule for a reason, he said, but I still wanted this guy to lead. Should we throw the rule out the window for this guy? Is a year's worth of sobriety our end goal, or is there something bigger we are missing? In the midst of this discussion, I was reminded of the Macmore song, Starting Over, where he wrote about having a relapse after three years of sobriety. The whole song is powerful, but I especially love the thought about being an example not just of sobriety, but of starting over, and thought it would be a powerful thing to apply to this potential X3 group leader. Some of our staff disagreed. They felt like the year minimum of sobriety is essential to cut down on addicts deceiving themselves about their level of freedom, and that the longer you are sober, the more you start to honor your days. In their estimation, the length of sobriety is a powerful motivator to continue. I see their their point, but honestly, I don't think there's a difference between slip-ups and relapse, because every person I talk to denies that they are addicted in the first place, and has a hard time even admitting to a relapse. If the goal is don't look at porn, then a slip-up of 10 minutes with porn is the same thing as a relapse of 3 days with porn. Either way, you looked at porn and killed your goal. So the question then becomes, should that be the goal? Is the issue not to look at porn, not to get drunk, not to sleep around? Is the goal to go 100 days without porn, 200 days without alcohol, a month without sexual encounters? Do we need to be examples of being sober or examples of starting over? Or can we be both? I'm a fan of Macklemore and I love his song. I'm thankful for people like him being so honest about having a slip even after a few years sober. And a lot of thankfulness comes from something I've been asking myself lately. Am I a Christian so I can now never mess up? Or am I a Christian because I can be accepted no matter how much I mess up? So much of Christianity is about saying, yeah, we used to be sinners, but now we're free, so we need to have our stuff together. That's a cool intent, but isn't that just legalism? Is the point about sobriety just to see how big a number you can get under your belt? If so, then the bigger the number gets, the more pressure you are under to preserve it. The more pressure there is, the more likely you are to crack, unless you're free to mess up. By which I mean, if I look at porn today, I'm still loved, and I am still accepted. I don't have to wake up every day worried that this is the day that it all finally comes crumbling down. I am free knowing that even if I do, I don't have to feel shame. And that feeling actually releases me to enjoy God and to enjoy my life. I'm not living by a checklist of rules. I'm living in love. We shouldn't feel shame because we should be surrounding ourselves with others who don't pretend that they've got it all together either. Gradually, shame doesn't have any power, and we become free. But screw the number of days, one year or one minute. I'm loved and accepted just as much. As you know, if you focus on sobriety all the time, that will then be your goal. However, that's not the gospel transformation is. So I thought that was a really cool post, uh, but for a couple of reasons. Um, and one of them being that, uh, a lot of, you know, most people don't know that the, uh, the guy that applied to be the X3 group leader and admitted to using porn earlier, uh, well, that was actually me. And, uh, I, uh, I'm sure Craig, you remember that kind of the interactions we had back and forth regarding that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so what, what I was hoping is we could kind of um, take a second and just uh, give the listeners some, some behind the scenes of what went down there and uh, kind of some of the interaction we had and then just talk about that, that idea of, um, you know, do slip-ups define us? Do relapses define us? Is the goal perfection or is the goal transformation? Yeah, just a, l- a little backstory that if, if I remember correctly, you and I met uh, down in Pasadena and we're kind of talking about my book and ministry and you mentioned that you thought it might be cool if I applied to be an X3 group leader. Um, and so I filled out the application and one of the thing, one of the questions on there is, you know, how long have you been clean? And uh, I was honest. I said, well, four months. <laughs> and uh, so I guess what, what happened on your end when you guys were going, uh, going through that application? Well, like I said, we, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that we do in the ministry that I would say I'm, I wouldn't say hands off, but I'm not as involved in. So, you know, I pass it on to somebody else and they say, oh, well, it doesn't meet our criteria. So then that's when I'm like, oh, what kind of criteria do we have? Oh, well, we have this sobriety rule. And so then I think as we learn, as we're in this space longer and longer, we learn more and more things. And what maybe I wrote seven years ago, I don't know if it's, I don't want to say what I believe today, but it's, you know, we might have moved off some of those things. So, um, you know, when I get kind of pushback, well, this is what you guys kind of said. It's like, okay, I said that, but maybe today I would look at it a little differently. So I've met people that sobriety, you know, that live and, you know, swear by AA and groups that, that kind of subscribe to the, you know, one day sober, two day, 90 days. And then there's something there that if you can have some space, um, in your recovery or in your sobriety, but I do think for some people, then it becomes toxic. Like I'm 300 days sober. Um, and then you have this fall and it's like, you fell off this cliff and you got to start over. And, you know, when it becomes about a number or about a day or about a medal, I think we, we might've missed it. Um, and, and, and then, you know, it just kind of made me process a leader that is four years sober. That sounds amazing. And maybe a guy in the group looks up to that person and goes, wow, that's something to really achieve to be. But then it also could be like, wow, that guy's so above me, um, you know, because they're just so awesome that, that he's, he's able to do that. And I just, I feel like on that level, it's, it could be dangerous when, when it's about a number or it's about, um, so I don't know, you know, so I didn't have an answer. I, I just said, it's tough when you have an application and you don't know somebody. Mm-hmm. So you might ask some of those questions, but if you know somebody, um, maybe we were okay with it, even though um, it doesn't meet those kind of guidelines. And then it just made us really process, should those be guidelines? So long story short, we took that out, um, which could be some debate. Like you want, you don't have a sobriety rule for your leaders. And I guess I'm just saying, hey, we're going to go off relationships and what we know about these people more than we're going to go off of um, an exact date, so to speak, of, uh, you know, how long you've been been sober or not. Yeah, right on. That's uh, that's actually how I how I tend to run my groups as well. Like, you know, I, I 
I remember sitting in accountability groups where the first thing you do is you go around the circle and you say, hey, you know, how long has everybody been clean? And everybody goes around and gives their number. And what I kind of noticed from that is a couple of different things is, you know, like you were saying, some of those guys with the really big numbers, all of a sudden the new guys look at them as, as sort of unapproachable. Like they're just in this whole other level. Um, and then some of the guys with the lower numbers that can, that can end up feeding their shame as well, where it's like, oh man, all these guys have two, three, four years and I can't even make it a week. Yeah. And, and so there's that aspect of it. And then also, um, you know, I like for for me, I would I would kind of look at the number as the gauge of how I was doing, and it became all about behavior. It didn't have anything to do with what's going on in my heart. And so then, when you know the Lord really brought me to a point of freedom, I realized it's a lot more about heart transformation than behavior. And so that's one thing that I purposefully don't do in the groups that I lead is go around the circle and ask numbers because I tell the guys and and some of them you know they raise their eyebrows at this but I I, I tell them like when we first meet you know honestly I don't care how many days you've been sober because your behavior is not what I'm interested in what I'm hoping to help you uh figure out is you know how to get your heart to come alive to Christ how to get heart transformation and you do that and then the behavior is all going to take care of itself I think we would agree. Um, it's just, you know, I think where, where that stuff starts to break down is when people start asking, you know, these hardline questions and, well, what about this? And, you know, um, yeah, that's where I just go, man, it's, it's, um, yeah, you're not, you're not gonna, you're not gonna please, please everybody. Um, but you know, sometimes maybe you just got to go with your, your gut on things as well. So, yeah. It's funny to me how how the Lord works in these situations. Like you know, I just want everyone listening to know. Like I was not offended at all when, when you know, you guys told me like you know maybe it's not the time for you to lead a group. Um, in retrospect, it was actually really good because my life just suddenly got really busy after that, and you know, adding another thing to the calendar was probably going to be spreading me a little thin. Um, so there's that aspect of it. But then just seeing how God used that interaction. For I mean, that led to your blog post and, you know, got picked up by Christianity Today. And, you know, just so the listeners know, I'm going to link to all this stuff in the show notes. Just go to beltoftruth.com slash slip ups, all one word. And uh, you'll see all the links to these articles, links to Craig's ministry. But, you know, it's funny, we could, we could look at a situation like this and I, I could be like, oh, man, you know, I they, they're not going to let me be a group leader and get all hung up on that. But but then in retrospect, I can see how God like really ended up using that as, as a cool thing. Like, I, I love how all this played out, you know, and the fact that, that more and more people are having this conversation now because of that. So, so yeah, I mean, that's just kind of my, my two cents on it. And then, uh, you know, just so you guys are, are aware, like triple X church, they run these X three groups and, uh, they're online and although I'll let Craig kind of give some details, I think you've got a few more or a few that meet in person. But if you guys like everybody listening, I really encourage you get plugged in with a group and oftentimes you'll be somewhere where you can't find a group. And that's where X3 groups are really going to be awesome for you because they're online. All you need is Skype or, you know, however they do it. So Craig, why don't you just kind of give us a little uh, two minute blurb on uh, what are the X3 groups and how can people find out more about those? Yeah. I mean, the idea was, 
most people, yeah, I think struggle to find any sort of community or group or connection with people around these topics. So it was just kind of simple thought. Could we do it online, you know, via a web tool that connects you? So it's, it's one leader with nine, nine to 10 people and they meet weekly. We have 46 groups. So, um, I'm sure there's one that fits around, you know, a time frame that works for you. You know, so everyone's got an excuse why they can't go to a group. Oh, it's at church. It's Tuesday night. You know, someone might see me. So we've tried to kind of take that away. We've, we've got groups for pastors, groups for men, for women, and we're starting groups for spouses. So, um, yeah, I think it, it's just been a great, you know, here we have this really big site that reaches a lot of people. But this this brings it really small to say, hey, these these are really people that want connection. Um I was in San Diego speaking and I met three guys that have been in a group for two years with each other and they never met in person, but they thought, Hey, let's meet in San Diego. A couple of them. So, you know, it's amazing what you can do online. When people say I met my husband online, you know, years ago, we wouldn't believe that. But nowadays it's like, Oh wait, you have a small group online. Yeah. It works just fine. Um, it actually, in some cases might work better. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been, you know, extragroups.com is the site. It's surprising. You know, it's one of those things that I didn't give it much uh, two and a half years ago. I didn't give it much attention. Um, now I'm like, wow, this this is a solid thing that, you know, I don't I don't think most churches could say I have 500 people meeting weekly um, in small groups. So to, to say that we're doing that and we're not even what people would consider a real church it started me to get me to wonder, well, maybe we are a real church since we do things that real churches do. So, um, yes, I think it's a great resource. Yeah, that's awesome. And, uh, yeah, I just echo that, 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 you know, everyone's going to have excuses and, but really ask yourself, you know, are the excuses legit or are the excuses that you're making just cause, cause you don't want to actually plug in and be open and honest, uh, you know, ask yourself that question guys. Cause I can tell you my story. I mean, a turning point for me was when I first showed up at a recovery group and I can tell you dozens of other stories just the same way. Like there's something about just bringing stuff into the open, no longer being hidden. And even if it's just online rather than in person, that's still, I mean, you're going to find tremendous healing from that. So cool. Craig, anything else you wanted to share on the topic? No, I think it's like you're saying, it's, it's worth, a, I think whether, you know, you're in that conversation about, you know, cool, I'm a hundred days sober versus I relapsed. Uh, I think any way you, uh, there's several ways to approach the topic, the subject. I think to me, what we're trying to do on the site with a collection of different voices um, is, you know, create a conversation. And then, you know, to me, some of these things might stick or resonate with people in, in different ways um you know and i guess to me after 14 years i've learned that you know some people are going to approach this topic maybe through the head um some people through the heart um uh, you know and i say that more on an intellectual basis or maybe more on an emotional basis um and so i think you've got to just it's hard for me to now write off when i hear what works for somebody what doesn't work for somebody um you know and, and just learn that yeah people are are reached in different ways and different things work. Um, and so for us to just try and collect the best of what we've seen work and, and kind of throw that out there, um, is, is kind of what, where we're kind of spending our time, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I mean, I think that's an awesome approach. I love the fact that you guys are, are generating this conversation, you know, and, and uh, if, if you guys haven't spent much, if uh, listeners, if you guys haven't spent a whole lot of time on Triple X Church, check it out. They've got blogs, videos. Um, there's a lot of conversation going on there. And, you know, that's one of the things I really enjoy about being able to write for them is, you know, like Craig said, there's a lot of different contributors. And, you know, this topic alone that week, I think there were three or four different uh, bloggers that, that chimed in on the site, all with a slightly different perspective. What do relapse mean? Um, you know, what's the difference between a slip up and a relapse? Is there a difference? You know, there's three or four articles on there. And that's really what the uh, Christianity Today picked up on is the fact that, you know, there's there's all these different ways to look at it and ask the question. And I think uh, that's one thing I would encourage you guys to do is just keep asking those questions. Just keep keep wrestling with, you know, if I'm still struggling with relapses, um, you know, what can I learn from that? What's God trying to teach me? Is does this define me? Um, wrestle with that. Ask that. You know, it's and uh, the more you the more you think about that, the more you take those questions to God, the more you're going to learn from those relapses and and the the longer you're going to have in between them. You know, that's just the way that this transformation works. Just to kind of close out, I know there's a you know the the elephant in the room, so to speak, is a. You know, I have a feeling some of you are sitting there thinking like, okay, wait a second, here's this guy, Steve, and he's running this, uh, you know, online ministry, wrote a book on pornography addiction recovery, and, you know, he's supposed to be the expert or, you know, whatever, like air quotes on expert. Um, But yet he just, he had a relapse like four months before he applied to lead the group. What's going on with that? And, uh, you know, that's a legit question. And that's something that that I wrestle with. It's like... uh, you know, the enemy really tries to get me to, uh, feel disqualified when I, when I fail and, uh, that, you know, to walk away from all this and be like, well, I'm not ready. Who am I to do this? Um, and I actually, I address that specifically in my book, 10 lies men believe about porn. And so just to close out, um, I'm just going to read this two minute section here for my book that, that deals with this specifically. And then also I encourage you guys keep an eye on triple X church because I'm scheduled to write a post for them uh, next month. That's going to be dealing with this exact same issue. So here from my, uh, from my book, just a couple of paragraphs here. I'm going to tell you something that may surprise you being that I'm writing a book on overcoming pornography addiction about once or twice a year. I still lose the battle. It's my thorn in the flesh. I've asked God to free me from this completely, and his answer is still not yet. But I'm okay with that. I know myself well enough to know that if I never sinned again, I would quickly forget what the struggle was like. I would become boastful and full of pride. I would lose any compassion or understanding for the men I'm trying to help, and would dish out arrogant lectures about how they just need to try harder to be perfect like me. And that guy scares me. Now, I'm not saying it's okay to sin. I hate the fact that I don't have this 100% nailed yet. I know God has promised to complete his work in me, but I also understand that it won't be finished until the day that Christ returns, which means even though I'm getting better, I will never be perfect, at least not until I get to heaven. Even if God does bring me to a point where I never lose a battle with porn again, I'll probably struggle with something else. So for now, I'll trust that he has me on his schedule for sanctification, not mine. Maybe next time I'll go a full year, and then two, and then five. But for reasons only God fully knows, he thinks once or twice a year is the best spot for me at this point. Now, I know a lot of you are probably freaking out right now about 
about hearing that. You know, I get that. I was in the same camp myself for many years. Um, but please understand, I'm, I'm not I'm not justifying my sin. There's nothing that I would like more than than to be rid of this. Um, you know, but for for some reason, it's I've got these little hiccups, slip ups, whatever you want to call them, once or twice a year. You know, and but I can tell you that that I've learned how to respond to those in a way that draws me closer to God. It brings me back to the throne of grace. It brings me back to him. Say, okay, God, this is just a reminder of how much I need you. And I encourage you guys, if you have a slip up or a relapse, if it's been a year or a week or whatever, I encourage you to respond the same way. Don't hide from God. Don't just give up and say, well, there's five years down the drain. You can learn from it. Run back to him. Say, Lord, what what do you want to teach me in this? And allow that slip up to be a teaching moment and something that draws you back to the God who loves you. So, Craig, thanks for uh, hopping on the call here and talking about slip ups and relapses. Anything else you want to add before we uh, before we take off? No, and it's good. I think what like you said. I I think we can disqualify ourselves all the time um, from everything. You know. Oh man, I'm not. You know. We can start believing all those lies, like, oh, well, I screwed up, then I can't lead, or I can't win. I just, yeah, I don't, I don't believe it. I think, I think, um, I mean, there's, of course, there's some things that I think would definitely disqualify somebody. Um, you know, if you're in the middle of an affair and you're leading a church, uh, I think you've got to go. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a difference in, right. in but, you know, I, I just think too often we just go, oh, no, I don't have it together, or I can't do this. Um, when I just, I wouldn't believe that. Um, so yeah, no, man, I think, think it's good. So yeah, cool. Well, thanks again. And, uh, you know, like I said earlier, go to beltoftruth.com slash slip ups and we'll have all the, uh, all the notes to these articles we referenced, uh, links to, to Craig's site and the X3, uh, groups and all that stuff. Uh, so thanks for, uh, listening today, guys. And, uh, hopefully I'll get a chance to talk to you soon. Later. Yes, that is Stephen Kewen with BeltOfTruth.com, Craig Gross with TripleXChurch.com, and X3Groups.com. Um, I will have links on the website ASI247.org as well. We fall so hard when there's a relapse. And just remember from the bumper on the last show, that lyric I love so much, it's not your whole life. It's only one day. You haven't thrown everything away. Gonna end this show with a bumper from Macklemore from the song Starting Over, the song that may have just sparked this conversation in the first place. Some real truth in here. Till next time, love you guys. Bye. One, two, now. Those three plus years I was so proud of And I threw them all away for two styrofoam cups The irony Everyone will think that he lied to me Made my sobriety so public there's no fucking privacy If I don't talk about it then I carry a date A 08108 Then now it's been changed And every when they put me in some box to say that I never was Just a false prophet that never came And will they think that everything that I've written is all been fake Or will I just take my slip to the grave? Uh. 
what the fuck are my parents gonna say? The success story they got is life together and changed. And you know what pain looks like when you tell your dad you relapsed and look him directly into his face. The seat on your shoulders, deceivingly heavy weight. Haven't seen tears like this on my girl in a while. The trust that I once built's been betrayed. But I'd rather live telling the truth than be judged for my mistakes than falsely held up, giving props, loved, and praised. I guess I gotta get this on the page. Feeling sick and helpless, lost the compass where soap is. I know what I gotta do, and I can't help it. One day at a time is what they tell us. Now I gotta find a way to tell them. Gotta get back what we lost. I thought you'd go, but you were with me all along. You'd go, but you were with me all along. And every kid that came up to me and said I was the music they listened to when they first got clean. Now look at me, a couple days sober. I'm fighting demons. Back of that meeting on the east side, shaking, tweaking, hope that they don't see it. Hope that no one is looking, that no one recognizes that failure under that hoodie that's posted in the back with my hands crossed, shooken. If they call on me, I'm passing. If they talk to me, I'm booking up that door. But before I can make it, somebody stops me and says, Are you Macklemore? Maybe this isn't the place or time. I just wanted to say that if it wasn't for other side, I wouldn't have made it. I just look down at the ground and say thank you. She tells me she has nine months and that she's so grateful. Tears in her eyes, looking like she's gonna cry, punk. I barely got 48 hours, treated like I'm some wise monk. I wanna tell her I relapsed, but I can't. I just shake her hand and tell her congrats. Get back to my car, and I think I'm tripping, yeah. Cause God wrote other side, that pen was in my hand. I'm just a flawed man, man, ain't banked up, duh. Like so many others, I just never thought I would. I never thought I would, didn't pick up the book Doing it by myself didn't turn out that good If I can be an example of getting sober Then I can be an example of starting over If I can be an example of getting sober Then I can be an example of starting over ASI is a free audio podcast in the speech media genre ASI247.org Digital Audio Project Dot com and the ministry of ASI and the ministry that is Attitudes of Sexual Integrity exists and continues to exist primarily by the gracious gifts and generosity of listeners to the podcast. I, C. Russell Shaw, am solely responsible for its content.